Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Live from the Hogs Meat Market Studios, this is Out of Bounds on 1037 The Buzz. championship game. Ewers lobs it up and it is incomplete. Intended for Mitchell. Elijah Jackson had the coverage. Washington hangs on and wins the All-State Sugar Bowl in the college football playoff semifinal. Welcome in Out of Bounds live from the Hogs Meat Market Studio. Joe Franklin, Todd Pierce, Pigskin Preacher, and that's how the two games ended, the two semifinals. And now the championship game is set with Michigan and Washington. And, uh, you know, for some people, that may not have been the way they picked it, but those are the two top teams in the country. Michigan's number one. Washington is number two. Well, imagine all the folks down here that didn't pick those and how sad they are right now that there's no SEC team in the championship game. <laughs> and yet life goes on, Joe Franklin. Life goes on. It, there probably should have been no SEC team in the championship four, in the playoff four, but that's a whole other story. Well, but yeah. the way it shook out is... Uh, it turned out all those, right. Those I was are, happy. Those are the teams that You could have made a case for Georgia. Absolutely. You I still have. think George is one of the four best teams, but uh, note to self, win next time. Okay? How, how would how would we know, though, based on the result? Now, Georgia did put up a great result, as we saw, but Florida against, State... Against the high school team. Exactly. All Florida State's yeah. players were gone, so how would we know what that result could have been? Georgia had a bunch of games this year where they looked pretty average, so, you know, it's their own fault, and they didn't play anybody in the non-conference, and... You know, that's how Texas got in. That that game in Tuscaloosa put Texas in. Texas doesn't play that. They're sitting at home. But so. it, it's a shame also that it comes down to one game, and especially for Georgia where it come, came down to one game at the end. But why I know, is, that, why I, is that a shame? I, I, I know you'll say that. Would have been a shame if we'd have lost. I we know you'll say in. that as well, a Big I, Ten can can I finish here? I know. Yeah, I, go you, ahead and finish. I know you'll say that as as uh, you know, Big Ten has been left out before with the same circumstance where there's one game at the end of the season that's known as the big game for yeah. Michigan and Ohio State, and it's like the loser of that game is essentially out every time. So why should it be different for the SEC? I'm, I'm not saying for the and SEC. Georgia I'm a couple of years ago lost the SEC championship game and got in anyway. Yeah, so they they and last did. year Ohio State lost it and got in anyway. Yeah. How about this? If you lose, you go home. I'm I'm cool with and, that. And that has happened at times also wow. where you have a team on the outside of the championship game sure. that doesn't even play in the championship game. And they end up getting in just because well, they're sitting there. Sitting how about pretty. this, Joe? Let's not talk about those losers that weren't <laughs> in the game. Let's talk about the winners that were in the game. It was a, it was a pretty good game. Um, look, I was I was nervous about this coming into it. I didn't have a good feel for this. I didn't know how it was going to turn out. 
I knew Alabama had some holes in their team, but but we did too. We we haven't thrown the ball that well the last month. We haven't really had to. But Milrow, his uh his ability to read defenses, I think, is mediocre at best. Uh, short and intermediate routes, he hasn't been that great. But he does two things. He's a home run hitter with the ball in his hands. He can run. He can break a run at any time. And he throws a pretty good deep ball. And with uh, Burton and Bond back there, I'd seen Alabama uh, hit deep touchdowns several times against SEC opponents. And I was nervous about that. I thought if they hit two or three deep balls, that's going to be enough for them to win the game. But the Michigan secondary held up really well. Uh, Will Johnson and uh, uh, Keon Sab, the rest of those guys, they weren't out of position on any of the deep balls. They were there to knock them away. And finally, Alabama seemed to just kind of give up on that. They thought, we're not going to get behind these guys, and we need to focus on some other things. And uh, But it was great. There was a chance where Alabama could have taken full control of the game when they were up. 17-13, and they had the ball, and of course, Jalen Melrose fumbles there, mm-hmm. and doing something that you should know as a runner anyway, where you have the ball on the inside, where the out. defender can mm-hmm. yeah come get to the ball as a runner, you know better than that from you know youth football all the way up, that when you're towards the sideline, you have the ball in the hand towards the sideline, and so Michigan made a great play on the ball there. But also, they made some of the other great plays during the game on the flea flicker, where J.J. McCarthy catches the ball with one hand. He had to make a really athletic play Mm -hmm. to be able to get the ball, first of all, and then still be able to get it downfield with an open receiver. As far as Alabama taking control, Alabama shouldn't have taken control of anything. The first half, Michigan pushed them all over the field, and the fact that we went in up by three was troubling. We should have been up about 17, but we made... We have played cleaner than any team in America this year. We've had fewer penalties. We've had very few turnovers, very few fumbles, interceptions. We made about 12 boneheaded plays last night. We fumbled two punts. We missed a field goal. We missed an extra point. Um, Our punter didn't do a good job of covering the field. Their punter was fantastic. I mean, the, the special teams were completely in favor of Alabama. And that's usually a hard thing to overcome. But Michigan overcame all of those mistakes, all of those errors, and uh, uh, you know, look, you know, the better team won last night. I think we were. I thought we were better going in. I think we were better, and we outplayed them. So, and down the stretch, Alabama, they just really once Blake Horm scored that touchdown, mm-hmm. Alabama got way too conservative. You know that you need to t- score a touchdown to be able to keep the game going on. But they, it was almost like they played not to lose, but you're already losing the game at that point. So you have to be aggressive enough to go score a touchdown. Well, now, I thought, you know, the first, the initial play that happened where Jalen Milrow on the quarterback, uh, quarterback draw or whatever, quarterback run, called design run, it, he picked up a lot of yards. But if that was something you were going to end the game with, yeah. why not try that a couple more times? Before it gets to that point where it's fourth down, and now you got to put the ball in his hands, and hopefully he can make a play, you know, from their standpoint, and you put it in his hands for a quarterback, a call quarterback run on fourth and goal. Like, I mean, maybe a fake run where he go, he inches towards the line, and and somebody's open, yeah, over the top. Does a Tim Tebow, you know, jump pass or something? Yeah, I, I was surprised at that call. I feel like we need to send, as Michigan fans, we need to send Tommy Reese and Nick Saban a thank you card for playing right into our hands a with fruit it. basket or something. Fruit something, Todd. That's it. Yeah, I think they could have done a lot of things. They could have gotten him out to the corner, and they they didn't. I I, I was mystified by that. That's they exactly called, what they were talking about on the ESPN radio call. I was in the car as that play was happening. That's exactly what they were talking about about an RPO situation. Yeah. Get him out on the edge where. You might look to pass first, and then if something breaks down, you see if he can he can run it in. But, yeah, the quarterback draw, the design quarterback draw, and the way the Michigan defense stunted their line to make it look like it was going to be successful up until the time the play was going to happen, and then to crash everybody into that perceived gap. And they called timeout for that. That was the yeah. other puzzling part. They called timeout well, to call that play to end the game. Can we just say this? Nick Saban got out coach last night. 
And but you know what? That shouldn't surprise anyone. It's like John. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't usually get out coached. Yeah, Jim Jim Harbaugh is is a great coach. No, so or, so co- when you match up, two according great to everyone south of the Mason Dixon line, Joe, he's a blithering idiot who needs help to get dressed in the morning. I mean, no one down here gives him credit. Feinbaum, uh, Feinbaum thinks he should be in prison. You know, I mean, Harbaugh is a good coach. He's won at every level. And, you know, look, they, they were better prepared last night. Feinbaum just has something against him. I mean, yeah, because he's, he's a Yankee. That's that, what Feinbaum has against him. It's evident him. In, in the first place. And didn't they have, like, an interview that went bad or something uh-huh. at one time? And, you know, so he's still holding a grudge from that. If he were in the SEC, he'd just be a, a strange, eccentric uncle. That would be misunderstood, and he's lovable. Well, he's that but he's anyway. Up, but no, but he's up there, so he's you know Charles Manson. Feinbaum can shut it. And Paul, if you're listening to the show today, I mean that sincerely. If you want to get into the show today, you can call five zero one six six one one zero three seven. Also, you can get in on the Gangster Museum of America Life and Feedback and Southern Structural Solutions text line. Let's go to the phones and talk to Brent. What's up, Brent? What's up? Happy New Year! Happy New Year to Joe Todd and Pigskin. Happy New Year! Merry New Year, Brent. Hey, hey, Pigskin! Did I tell you Michigan was going to be in the final? You called it. So you got you got any uh, insights, Nostradamus, into Monday night? <laughs> well, yeah. Um, Michigan's got a big. Michigan will win the game. Michigan will win the game. Um, I like that. I think. They got to figure out a way because Penix gets rid of the ball. So he really so does. He does. They they got to figure out: is there a way we can possibly? Is there a way we can get some pass rush? Well, he, here's but, the thing: I'm encouraged about. Okay, I think Penix is throwing the ball better than anyone in America right now. He looks fantastic. He probably should have won the Heisman. I don't know. I'm giving it to a guy that lost three games. That. that you know, accomplished a whole lot of nothing, even though he was exciting. But uh, we faced a wide receiver room in Ohio State that's every bit as good as Wa- Washington's guys are fantastic. Roma Dunze is, I think, 1B to Marvin Harrison's 1A as the best wide receiver in the country. He'll be a top 10, top 12 pick in the NFL draft. But, you know, Ohio State's got those guys. They've got uh, Ibuka. They've got Harrison. They've got Fleming. They have a bunch of people that are pretty good. And we we slowed them down. We didn't completely stop them, but we held them to 24. If we hold Washington to 24, we're winning this game. There's no doubt in my mind. We're going to take our offensive line, and we are going to run the ball on those clowns. I believe that uh, with everything within me. I don't think they can stop us. Texas ran on them with second and third string backs. We're going to run the ball on them. So if we keep oh, if, if we keep if we keep Penix on the sideline, it's really hard to throw touchdowns from there. So just play, get the ball, play, keep away, and put up touchdowns. It is going to be an interesting matchup simply because of the contrasting styles. styles. Mm-hmm. And Washington is one of those teams that's capable of scoring quickly, though, oh, from bunches. anywhere on the Ab- field. Absolutely, no doubt. So even if you control the clock. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're not scoring quickly. Man, we sacked uh, one of the most elusive quarterbacks in America six times. We can get the pennant yeah. six times. <laughs> I like our chances. So yeah, I do too. Oh, have a great day. Thanks, Brent. Hey, we appreciate it, Brent. We're going to come back with more of Out of Bounds. You can get into the show. Call 501-661-1037. Text Southern Structural Solutions text line, same number. 501-661-1037. Gangster Museum of America, life and feedback. All the ways to get into the show. It's out of bounds. We'll be back with more after this break. Stay tuned. Interior, exterior, commercial, and residential painting. Hire the pros at Serta Pro Painters. Get your free estimate at SertaPro.com. That's Serta with a C. This is.
Texas Sports Center. Over the weekend, Arkansas basketball ended the year with a bang, beating UNC Wilmington 106-90. Keon Minifield had 32 points, 4 rebounds, and 5 assists on 8 of 14 from the floor. After the game, Coach Eric Musman talked about his impact. I think the confidence level that the teammates have with him is is much more important than the confidence that I have with him. Those guys, those other four guys out on the floor, they want to play with him. They like to play with him. And, and I think that's a big a, a big part of any point guard, quarterback, catcher in base. Like all those things are important when you're kind of in a leadership position. Arkansas will open conference play on Saturday against Auburn at home. Coverage for that game can be heard on the buzz. And former Arkansas quarterback K.J. Jefferson has announced his next destination. Jefferson will be suiting up for UCF in 2024. Central Florida is coming off a 6-7 and seven season, including their bowl game. Next season will be their second in the Big 12. I'm Christian Weaver with the Buzz Radio Network. Arkansas, the wait is over. Brewski's North is officially open for business in the Lakewood Village Shopping Center. Doors open at 11 a.m. with all of your pub grub favorites and happy hour drink specials. Come get your grub on with the all-new Smash Burger lineup, best wings in the city with 11 different sauces, but try the new additions to the menu like the spicy Asian chicken salad. Live music starts the weekend every Thursday with karaoke every Friday and Saturday. Brewski's North, you're home for lunch, happy hour, and late night. 1037 The Buzz is home for Razorback basketball. Be sure to stick around after the game for the Guatney Chevrolet Guatney Buick GMC postgame show with Wes Moore and John Neighbors. Presented in part by Ortho Arkansas and First Security Bank. Pickup truck, sports car, motorcycle, minivan, townhouse, two-story, farmhouse, fixer-upper. What you drive and where you live is different for everyone. So it's important to have insurance that fits your needs and is just right for you. At Shelter Insurance, we understand that. Which is why our agents help you design a comprehensive auto, home, and life insurance plan. Insurance that fits just right. See shelter agent Jeremiah Matthews in Little Rock, Justin Sollers in North Little Rock, or Michael Ludwig in Greenbrier today. RJ Hawk here with Chris Roberts from Southern Bank. And Chris, I know interest rates are high right now. That's what everybody's talking about. But if you're thinking about a project, whether it be a commercial project or you want to build a house, now's the time to come talk to you about what those future plans may look like. You know, RJ, no matter what the business environment may be, we're always there to sit down with our customers and talk about their future plans and what's going on with their businesses. And that's one thing about Southern Bank is they're a community bank. They want to be your partner. Partnering with our customers is a key to how we do business. And Chris, you know, we talk about those interest rates being high, but the one good news out of that is deposit rates. We have some great CD and checking account rates. Just give us a call and see what one of our personal bankers can do for you. If you want more information about interest rates or those deposit rates that we just talked about, call Chris and his team today at 501-424-0900 or go online at bankwithsouthern.com. Southern Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Heartland Rehabilitation and Care Center in Benton proudly offers compassionate and loving care to our veterans, meeting the unique needs of every veteran who calls Heartland home. Visit heartlandrehabcenter.com. New Year's means new equipment for you and your loved ones from River Valley Tractors, your leading Kubota dealers in central Arkansas. Start your countdown at River Valley Tractor with big savings on Kubota compact tractors and implements built to last you through all your seasons. Ring in the new year with River Valley Tractor. In Bryant, Sherwood, Conway, Russellville, and Pine Bluff. Visit RiverValleyTractor.com today. Listen for Champs and Chumps Fridays during the Zone. Brought to you by Rowdy Hog Pickleball, the only dedicated pickleball store in the state. Located in the outlets of Little Rock next to H&M, Rowdy Hog Pickleball, your one-stop shop to pickleball success. Make your tailgate the party of the parking lot by getting the best meats in all of Arkansas at Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. Give me something
Welcome back to Out of Bounds from the Hogs Meat Market Studio. Joe Franklin, Todd Pierce, Pigskin Preacher. We're, it's a uh, weekend recap. We're recapping everything that happened over the sports weekend, recapping what some of those good and bad things were that happened. And there was plenty because uh, we had a long time to sit back and reflect and had a lot going on mm. over the weekend. Yeah, you had a few days off there, didn't you? Yeah. You yeah. always enjoy that at the end of the year. And then everybody at the station had uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday off. So, you know, a little three-day weekend. And Tuesday. Actually, oh, Tuesday. Yeah. yeah, what am I talking about? Actually. Yeah, I've got a... Yeah, what day? Or, or well, last last week, last Tuesday. Tuesday. So we're, right. we're Tuesday so today. today's Tuesday. The days are starting to run together. I looked at my wife yesterday. I said, today seems like Saturday. She looked at me like, well, duh, having all these football games on, college football, Saturday. Well, so, that means yeah. if it was Saturday, then you would be getting ready for work tomorrow. So, See, that's a good point. <laughs> I can never really enjoy it on Saturday because, you know, Sunday always looms for somebody who does what I do. But uh, it was nice to have it on uh, on Monday. That was good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And as far as the times of the games last night, they, that's how it usually lines up. They want it where they're going to get especially with the Rose Bowl. We know that the Rose Bowl, they, they have dictate it. dictate everything. Yeah, that, that kind of mid-evening type. That's they the, want the sun going down exactly. in the third quarter over the San Gabriel Mountains. And, yeah, and they're like, yeah, it would be perfect to make the, 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 the second game start an hour early. But the Rose Bowl people have never been easy to deal with, uh, all through the BCS and everything else. If you remember, they were the last holdouts that, that signed on for that. But they're still in the position of dictating a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, they really are, and uh, especially a lot of things that have to do with the college football playoff. It's all structured around the bowl system, and that's why it's taken this long to get to 12 teams. Exactly. And it could be more and really should be more. If you look at FCS and some of the lower levels, Division Two, they do it with more than 12 teams, and they, they make it work. And, and, and they get done a lot sooner than, than we do. Well, they do play one less game also. Yeah, yeah. Well. That is true. And not only do they play one less game, but you know, if you take out the conference championship games, that takes up some more of the space moving. Well, the conference championship games to me are idiotic, and I, I've exactly. always thought that. I always thought that in basketball, you know, you got somebody that rips through the regular season and then they lose in the conference championship. If they're in a you know a lower level, they don't make the tournament. I'm like the best test of the best team is playing a 20 game conference schedule or whatever it is, and if you go 18 and two, then you're the champions. You know, rather than get hot for like a little weekend tournament and, you know, three straight games. That doesn't, I don't think it means Well, it's much. different for basketball because there are so many more teams that are yeah. involved. And, you know, the argument that's been out there now is saying, okay, with 12 teams, they're going to get it right. Nobody's going to care about the 13th team that doesn't get in. You know, they but, will. But they will <laughs> they because will. if you look at the <laughs> NCAA tournament, what are we talking about every year? The teams that are on the bubble. The 69th the that, team. I, uh, exactly. We belonged in that top 68 field. I'm telling you, we did. You know, they, they're always The people left out are always going to be complaining about something. And, so. and it's like that simply because they pick who they want to be in for college sports. And then when you think about pro sports, there are tiebreakers involved. Mm-hmm. It's, it's what happens on the field, on the court. There are tiebreakers that will show you exactly who should be in the playoffs. Well, supposedly, uh, I think that call at Dallas Saturday night is going to cost the Lions a, a home playoff game. I mean, they had that game no, won. It, well, an additional one. It won't, it won't cost them They'll get them one, the but they might have gotten two. Right, right. But now Absolutely. they're not going to get two. I hate to have to go back to Dallas and play them again. Of course, if we play them, it won't be with the same officiating crew. I heard the NFL said those dudes are not going to be in the postseason. Well, the thing about it is, whenever the postseason comes around, you want to have those home games, of course. Yeah. But as a team that is striving to win it all, you have to show up and play wherever you're going to play. you got to beat them anyway. That's right. So, yeah, we've seen that. You know, I not to change the subject. No, um, we, we, hey, Tomlin, we can change the subject all we want Tomlin to. Tomlin has just – Tomlin's a marvel to me. Because I watch a lot of Pittsburgh games. If they're on, I usually watch. And – I'm like, these guys are awful. They're terrible. I don't think Pickett is is the deal. And then sometimes he'll show up. But Tomlin, the way he ends up eking out a winning record with not a lot of resources, I really respect the man. 
Ain't well, something. For this season, and we can even go back a couple of seasons, it goes back to the offensive coordinator. And they did something that was really out of character for them. Middle this of year. the year, they yeah. don't fire anybody. Middle and, of the year, and this is this they is did. why he came back initially is because his contract ran. And we're talking about Matt Canada, former Steelers offensive coordinator. His contract ran through this season, through the 2023 season. And so what they were, you know, they were going to let him play it out. And if he did a good enough job, and it looked like things were going in the right direction, you resign him. Mm-hmm. You bring him back. If they don't, then you just let his contract expire and you let him go. That's yeah. why it was so out of character for them. And, you know, middle of the season, they make that change. And, you know, you say that Pickett doesn't look good. You you can't really evaluate the way that he would look mm-hmm. without taking a look at him in a different setting with a, another offensive coordinator. True. Because the game after, when they started with what they have in place now, where they have a play caller and they have an offensive coordinator, so essentially they have two guys doing one job. Mm-hmm. They put up the most yards they put up all season all, in the last three seasons. Yeah. So that goes back to Matt Canada in well, the first game after he was gone. Matt Canada, I hear, has been exiled to Canada, and he'll be looking to get a job in the Canadian Football League, maybe. And here's the other thing. We've seen what happened over the past couple of games with Mason Rudolph. Okay, so Kenny Pickett gets hurt in the game against the Cardinals. They go on to lose that game. They're on a short week. They're playing against the Patriots. So we knew that Mitch Trubisky was going to be the starter for that Patriots game because you're on a short week. Now, after that, with the result of the game, and I was telling another Steelers fan this, you you open up the competition at that point. Now, that may have been one of Tomlin's mistakes. Mm -hmm. You open up the competition at that point to say, we need to look at these two guys and, and see who is going to take us in the right Let direction. The best man win, right? Yeah, but right. they were stuck on the fact that Mitch Trubisky has been the backup this mm-hmm. entire time. He's taken all these reps, and so they let him play it out over the next couple of games. Right. They end up losing three games in a row, and now you're forced <laughs> to make a change. Trubisky can't play dead. I'm sorry. He, he can't. He, he's just not any good, man. I mean, everybody like, well, he's got all the measurables, and he's got this. This is the problem when you got these general managers that want to see what the guy's time is in the 20-yard shuttle hurdle relay, and he benched this many, and then he could throw football. Yeah, but he can't play, okay? You can you have all of these things that, that look really impressive separate and apart, but the total package is he's not any good. You know, and 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 the thing about him is he has not the talent, but he has the things at his disposal as quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. He can run. He's big, physical, yeah. has a big arm. He just has no accuracy, and you don't know where the ball is going when he lets it go. Not just that. There is a there's something called football IQ that you either have or you don't. Did you see the last play of the game between Washington and Texas last night? So Texas throws a, a fade in the corner of the end zone to their big receiver, who had made several circus catches already. Good, good hands, strong. The kid for Washington, the cornerback, Elijah Jackson, comes over. He plays it perfectly. He's got everything in front of him. He sees the ball. Sees there's so many of these guys, they turn their back, they don't know where the ball is. So the guy either catches it or they interfere with him. He sees the ball. He comes over there. He times his jump. It goes up at the same time. He did something that I, I wish more defensive backs would do this. He didn't try to intercept the ball. He didn't try to grab it. He didn't try to out-wrestle him. He took his hand, swiped it across, and knocked that thing about 10 yards into the sideline. That was a perfect That's play. all you got to do, man. That's, that's a brilliant play for that kid. Brilliant. And, and, and usually in that situation with him being behind the receiver, then the receiver makes a play on the ball. Now, so, you know, in saying that, if the ball is in a different location, we're probably talking about a different result anyway. Mm-hmm. But, and there were but, still people on social media calling for P.I., No, there's no interference at all. He he has a right to go. When you see the ball and you're right there with the guy, you have the right to go up there and fight for the ball, and that's what he did. Contrast that to the play that got Alabama into the playoff to begin with when they beat Auburn on that fourth and goal from the 31. The Auburn defensive back is like playing behind the guys. Like, I can't let this guy get behind me. I'm like, Einstein, you're in the end zone. Right. He had no awareness at all. But that Washington kid knew exactly what the situation was, what was called for, and he played that perfectly. Let's go to the phones and talk to Ethan. What's up, Ethan? Oh, okay. Ethan's gone. But, yeah, that's how you see that it happened differently with, 
you know, the defender being behind the receiver, but just like you said, the awareness of the defender and knowing what he had to do to make sure the play didn't happen. Listen, man, these kids, the, the defensive backs, I think, have the hardest job in football. Uh, you know, maybe the side of the quarterback. But you, you're against these guys that are just phenomenal athletes. They run like greyhounds. They can jump. You can't really touch them. And you got to stay with these guys stride for stride. I mean, I was nervous about Alabama. That they have not had a great passing game, but Milrow throws a good deep ball, and they got some burners, you know, like a Jamison Williams that can flat out go get it. And the Michigan guys did not let them get behind them all game. And that's what you got to do. You, you've got to limit the big plays. And I've been really impressed with Minter. You know, he's, he's a, I think he's on loan from Harbaugh's brother's team with the Ravens. But these are NFL minds. They, they know how to scheme. They know how to game plan. And they had a good game plan and made Alabama look really kind of one-dimensional yesterday. It, it's interesting with the Harbaugh's success also because – you look at the Ravens, they're going to be the number one seed in the AFC. And then Jim Harbaugh, Michigan, there in the championship game. And you know, no matter what the result is for Michigan, once their season is done, he's going to be on that Ravens sideline with his brother oh, until yeah. they, they finish their season. Hey, Joe, in realistic terms, we got Michigan fans have one more game with Harbaugh. I think they come out Monday night. I think they get it done. I think they win a, a good, close game. And Harbaugh's going to the NFL. He's done. Oh, there's no doubt. He, uh, I think he hired I, Tom Yee. Who already was, out the door. Yeah. He got his agent. Got everything else. But, you know, look, I'm not going to be that disappointed. I just want to win. It's been oh. a while since we've won one. And if he wins, I go up and shake the man's hand and pat him on the back and wish him well at his next uh, juncture. And I think Sharon takes over, and I think Sharon's proven himself to to be a good coach. That would be the greatest way to go out, is go out on Wouldn't top. It? Nobody ever and, does and anymore. And then the fact that... You know, down the line, the yeah. NCAA, they're going to come back and say, well, Michigan is going to have to vacate it, but we'll all see what happens. And then that's when we tell the NCAA, drop dead. We're not <laughs> vacating anything. Really, we're vacating? Now, I mean, there have been so many egregious examples of academic fraud with North Carolina. Rick Pitino, you know, impregnating people and having the coach take the rap whoa, for it. Whoa. And uh, hiring hookers. And I'm like, really? So we had a guy that went to the game at Iowa City and he was taking pictures. Shut up. I mean, that had nothing to do with anything. And every football person knows that. Well, the fact that Harbaugh had already been out the first three games of the season. Yeah, because he gave a hamburger, Joe, to a recruit during COVID. And then he ends the season, the last three games of the season. And then they're talking about possibly suspending him for the entire season next year. So that's why you know that he's, he's about to do what's best for him. I can't blame him. Yeah. So, we'll, so you think it's going to be the Chargers? Or Chicago, well, or Carolina, or oh, the Raiders. I okay. hear there's like four teams in play. So let's let's take out the Bears. Yeah, let's take out the Raiders because their guys are doing better. Yeah, Antonio Antonio Pierce, uh-huh. he's done enough to earn that Raiders job. And the Raiders, they realized that maybe they made a mistake before whenever they brought John Gr- or Josh McDaniel in and overpaid the, for him and Gruden. Yeah, Josh McDaniels when they brought him in, yeah. they realized they made a mistake in the fact that Rich Basaccia, who was the interim coach at the time, he did a good enough job to keep the Raiders relevant, got them to the playoffs, and then they bring in Josh McDaniels. Why not stick with the interim coach then? So they realized yeah. they made a mistake then. They don't want to make that same mistake this time around. So what happens in Chicago? Because they've showed signs of life. Fields actually looks like he's got a lot of the pieces in place to be a decent quarterback. But they got that number one pick. And, you know, they're taking Caleb Williams with that number one pick. Nah, that's not a given. But here, and, and, I mean, it's you know, a given. They're taking there, There's There's two sides to that where they do need more help around it. You heard the fans, though. The fans were calling for Justin Fields. They said they want him. And he is one of those guys where he's kind of been hampered by injury. And yes. And sometimes you have to look into that to say, does this guy have an injury history? Is this something that we're mm-hmm. going to have to deal with? Or is it just coincidental that he's been off the field and they haven't looked as good when he's been off the field? Now, they have sources have said that Eberflus mm-hmm. is going to return in 24. So that's why... You know, that's why you scratch them yeah, off. Yeah, take them off so the table. So if he comes back, does he stay with Fields, or does the general manager force his hand and make him take Williams? 
Yeah, he, he doesn't have a choice in the matter. It's going to be about what the GM wants to well, do. Well, and think about it. There's no way they're taking Drake May from North Carolina because they're the franchise that took Mitch Trubisky from North Carolina. I don't think they can survive a, another North Carolina bust. I'm not saying May will be one. But I'm saying Williams is probably more of a sure thing than him. I'm not even sure, though, that Williams at this point is going to be better going forward than Justin Fields is. Fields has been decent. I mean, he's got some liabilities. He's got some holes, but the team is terrible. You know, they don't really have much around him. So, I don't know. I, I It's going to be interesting to see how this unfolds. That's the thing about it also. Justin Fields is in his third year, and it takes time for these guys to yeah. grow when you just throw them in the mix. So, are you wanting to hit that reset button and bring in the next guy yeah. and, and do it all over again for the next three years? Yeah, give him With, some pieces. Let him grow. Yeah, I mean, you've already invested two years in him. What are you going to do? Just throw that away in the hopes that you get a couple other draft picks? With with a defensive-minded coach at that. Nobody has any patience anymore. Maybe it takes some of these guys a few years to develop, but they don't have a few years to spare. At least that's the way that they look and, at and it. And things have changed over the most recent weeks where the Bears do have the number one overall pick because they have the Panthers pick. But uh-huh. at one time, it was lined up where they would have two top five picks, if not the one and two picks overall. And now they've won enough games where that's not happening. So... Maybe because of the play on the field, it's changed their overall look and their aspect of what they want to do. Well, think about this. If you were content to go with Justin Fields as your guy, you trade that number one pick for maybe two picks. And you take one of them, you get Marvin Harrison Jr., who's undoubtedly going to be a star at the next level. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Then maybe you find an offensive lineman or a cornerback or somebody that can help you out. Yeah, I mean, there's ways to take that equity and make it more viable to to build some pieces around a quarterback who's already established himself in the league, who's still got the potential, at least I think for the most part, and you you know you put some better pieces around him and you see what you got honestly. Now, how, how about you this? give him another year or two, and then if exactly. you decide to trade him, then you've got you know even more of a commodity. How about this? As having that number one overall pick, they could trade out of that spot, and they don't even have to trade far down. They could trade back to number two, and it's shown in history that if you move down one spot with the number one overall pick, you're going to get a number of picks in return, and that's That's the way you build your team. That's exactly right. The Lions traded down last year. They were up there. They didn't get the guy they wanted, Witherspoon, that went to Seahawks. Great, great player from Illinois. So they didn't get him, so they traded down. So what were their first three picks? Jameer Gibbs from Alabama. Turned out to be quite a game-breaker. And, that, and everybody was against that Everybody pick. thought it was a bad pick, including me. I'm like, you're taking him too high. He would have been there 20 picks later. But they, they saw something, and I think they were right. They get Jack Campbell from Iowa. Started off a little slow, but he's starting to make some plays. And then the steal of the draft, and I was just screaming at the TV, take Brian Branch. I, I, I watched all of those. I watch Alabama as much as I watch Michigan practically all the time. As good as Will Anderson is, Branch made as many plays for those Alabama teams the last two or three years as Anderson did. He is a phenomenal player. He's all, As a rookie, he's already the best guy in the secondary the Lions have. Well, you can't go wrong drafting Alabama players. Alabama defensive backs are always good. I'd get Kool-Aid next year if I could get him. Yeah. Great player. Alabama players, Georgia players, Michigan mm-hmm. players, Ohio State players. You can't go wrong by drafting these guys. Not many of them missed. Joe. Why do you right. think Philadelphia has half the Georgia defense? Bingo. So, what, think about this, too. State of Pennsylvania. Philly has the defensive players. Yeah. The Steelers have the offensive players. They have three offensive players from Georgia. Pickens. Pickens, Ryan Jones. When I'm counting Heinz Ward back in the day. Yeah, one of the on, legends. On the current roster. Yeah, you're Pickens, right. Broderick Jones, and uh, Darnell Washington, who's the tight end, and they don't even use them in the passing game. Crazy. More of Out of Bounds coming up after this break. Stay tuned. Guys, it's a new year, baby. It's 2024. Low T Center can make it a great one. If you've been feeling tired and grumpy, you've noticed a lack of motivation and drive, you may have low T. Low testosterone levels can cause weight gain, loss of muscle mass, and so much more. I recommend Low T Center. That's where I get my levels tested. They make it quick. They make it easy to get all your levels checked, and it's only 25 bucks. And with their on-site lab... 
You'll get results back in about 25 minutes. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment online. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Did you know Arch Marine is the kayak leader in central Arkansas? Right now, get 20% off all feel-free kayaks. All the prices are falling on kayaks this month. Don't forget, we repair ATVs. Your granddaddy trusted Arch Marine, and so can you. Cord TV's Chanley Painter checks in with Morning Mayhem, courtesy of the Gangster Museum of America and the Hattery of Hot Springs. The former Miss Arkansas will fill us in on the latest high-profile cases. Don't miss Chanley Painter with Morning Mayhem on 103.7 The Buzz. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's corporate cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to Ramp.com sports. Ramp.com sports. R-A-M-P dot com slash sports. Hey! the quake. Hey, man. Happy New Year! Roger, we started year three of Morning Mayhem. Is man. that not crazy? Hashtag blast. Yeah, I got, had a great show today. Tomorrow, going to be a packed show, too. Trey Reese coming by. Pat Bradley calling in. Walt Coleman will talk about the Dallas-Detroit uh, call. Well, it was a good call because the Cowboys won. That's all there are on a hump day edition of Morning Mayhem. Rock out with the only American-style sushi experience founded on great food and rock and roll. Rock and roll sushi. Rock and roll sushi. Deliciously twisted flavors and a rock and roll vibe that'll blow your mind. Cater your next event, lunch, or dinner. Get the party started. 80 to 240 pieces of sushi platter. Rock and roll. Rock and roll sushi for lunch or dinner. Order at rockandrollsushi.com. Now with five locations in Central Arkansas. In 2007, Darren McFadden rushed for 206 yards and four touchdowns and upsetting the number one team in Death Valley. While celebrating this victory, D-Mac coined the phrase, We got that wood right here, baby. Well, at Ride Out Lumber, not only do We got that wood right here, baby. But Ride Out Lumber also takes pride in the quality of building materials and service. Anything from takeoffs and material lists to the lumber and supplies you need to complete any project, Ride Out Lumber can help. Ride Out Lumber, Arkansas's most trusted name in building supplies since 1971. Have a watch party that everyone wants to attend at your house with the best of meats in the business. Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. Welcome back to Out of Bounds from the Hogs Meat Market Studio. Joe Franklin, Todd Pierce, Pigskin Preacher. It is a weekend recap brought to you by Fleet Management Services. So we're recapping what happened over the sports weekend, and there was a lot to recap. And we want to thank Fleet Management Services for their great sponsorship and and, uh, their great friendship, and they take care of us here on Out of Bounds. So what did you think of the Lions' uh, ending of the game against Dallas? Ah, uh, yeah, that was that was tough. As you know, somebody who's just a football fan and and want to see good football, 
And, you know, to think that the Lions did what it took to win the game. And then they take it away from them. And then they take it away from them. And they showed on the video, Decker went over and reported to the official. And the official got confused. I just, I'm still irritated about that. You know, the Lions have had so few things happen to them over the last 60 years that have been positive. It seems like every time we go down to play Dallas, the refs manage to rip us off and steal away. Oh, yeah, it's happened a time or two. Yeah, it has. Calvin Johnson, the interference, I mean, all kinds of stuff. So, anyway. But it's one of those things that also they can't review, which, you why can't they review it? You saw on video that... He went to report. He reported him. Yeah. yeah I mean, and, and, and yeah. you know, it was his mistake as the ref to go over to the defense and not tell the defense exactly who reported. And yeah. he's supposed to announce it to everybody. So it says, you know, number 68 Tackle is, eligible. is eligible. Yeah. Which I don't even get that. I'm like, why is it their responsibility to tell the other team? The other team ought to figure it out. You know, I just... Uh, it, yeah, it's one of those things that's been a part of the game forever. And just because it has been doesn't mean that it's right. But yeah. that that's the way that... The defense is already hampered anyway. And, you know, everything's catered towards the offense. So I think mm-hmm. that would be another shot at, at the defense and, and bringing them down even more. Yeah. Where they don't know who's eligible and who's not. And they have to look at a number to realize that a guy isn't eligible, or if you see him go talk to the ref, now you have to recognize that to say that he is. Well, Campbell went to the refs before the game and said, we've got this play, we're sitting on it, we might run it, you got to be aware, okay, you got to report when he comes. So he reports, and then they still throw the flag. I'm like, I, you know, seriously? It was all on the Only ref. Only in Dallas. And, and, you know, there was some outside perspective as far as some of the analysts saying that it was the Lions' fault because they didn't just you know, get to the ref and really make him aware that, no, it's not 70, it's 68. What are they supposed to do, smack him upside the head? I mean, how is that their response? And and you could see also on video where Jared Goff, he points out to two guys that are in the huddle. Exactly. Go talk to the ref. Troy Aikman seemed to see it that way. And Aikman, you know, he's got a little skin in the game as a Ring of Honor Cowboys champion. Anyway. Uh, yeah, it'll all work itself out. I thought it was an egregious uh, miscarriage of justice. But. What's Trending in Sports is brought to you by Arkansas's own West Rock Coffee. Join West Rock Coffee, the Razorbacks, and their 1.5 million farmers around the globe. It's fall, so now it's time for your team to stock up on coffee, tea, and water delivered directly to your business. Contact them at westrockcoffee.com or 833-886-JAVA today. Something that everyone at this point should be and probably is tired of hearing about is Tom Brady. He's <laughs> retired and the possibility of Tom Brady returning. Now, with the Raiders, he is buying a stake of the Raiders, but that hasn't become official yet because the other owners haven't approved it. So that's something that they still need to take steps to make happen. But there was a recent story that broke that Tom Brady almost unretired for the second time in May. And he said the reason he stuck with his retirement is simply because he was about to unretire and make his way back onto the football field, but his friends threw him a surprise retirement party, and he stuck with it simply because they threw him a surprise retirement party, and he couldn't take his friends and close people around him through it once again. So that that was his reasoning for staying retired. Well, this is Muhammad Ali stuff. You know, I'm retired. I'm out of retirement. I, Ali did it like six times. And uh, Brady's going to be the boy who cried wolf. Nobody's going to take him seriously if he keeps uh, going back on his uh, intention. It's a little different, though. Boxers and, and fighters, combat fighters, we're used to that. Yeah. They say they're retiring, and then when more money comes in, it's like, no, I'm not retired. I'm fighting Conor McGregor. Yeah, Conor McGregor, he's about to make a return. Also... Manny Pacquiao was somewhere making a statement saying that he and Floyd Mayweather Jr. are going to have a rematch at some point. They're like going to come out in like wheelchairs. They're both like 60. Exactly. They have walkers and everything. Yeah. yeah. So uh, now we have seen maybe a recent trend in football where that has happened a bit. But you see it with some guys that maybe they weren't convinced in the fact that they were ready to go. And they were, uh, they were a little bit younger. And we even saw Jason Witten do it. Jason, mm. Jason Witten didn't necessarily want to step away. He went to the booth, and then he gets back on the football field. 
Drew Brees even talked about it. So mm-hmm. it's been a recent trend in football. But uh, yeah, Tom Brady, his story is that he stayed retirement, <laughs> stayed in retirement simply because his friends threw him a retirement party. Wouldn't you imagine that Joe Flacco's performance has given hope to senior citizens everywhere? Yes, it has. And Joe Flacco was one of those guys. He never really officially retired. He played for the Jets last year. Mm-hmm. So he was just one of those guys that was a free agent and holding out hope that somebody would sign him. And you see what happened with, with the Browns, and now they're on their fourth quarterback and looking as good as they they probably have looked all season with no, their fourth quarterback. Did, did they play your Steelers this week? No, no. no. Steelers play the Ravens. Ravens. And, and oh, that's right. The, the, the Browns best. play the Bengals. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 So so they can. Uh, it could be good. Yeah, they have their playoff position, and that's a rivalry, yeah. and they could do everything that it takes to uh, make sure that the Bengals don't win another game. Not that they're in the playoff mix or anything because they lost again. Yeah, but shut up, Jamar Chase. <laughs> but but the, the teams that are still involved in the playoff mix, there's a number of them in uh, both conferences where in the, uh, in the AFC, there are two that are sitting on the outside, the Texans and Steelers, that could still possibly get in. But on the NFC side, you're talking about the Seahawks, Saints, Vikings, and Falcons. Wow. So they're going 12 deep. So there are five teams outside of the seven that have a chance to get in. The weirdest thing to me is Buffalo's situation. They could be the number two seed, or they could miss the playoffs altogether. Let's go Dolphins. That's bizarre, man. Yeah. yeah. I'd feel better if I were a Bills fan if they were playing up in the great white north. Absolutely. You don't want to go back down to Miami because that could be rough. And not this time of the year. We know that weather does have an effect. And that's one that people don't necessarily think about. When you go south in that heat and you've been in the cold. 85 degrees and I've been living in the cold. It's going to wear me out. The humidity. Better believe it. Yeah. But, you know, it, it sets up some interesting scenarios. And also the fact that at the end of the season, you have all these division games, mm-hmm. and this was the NFL's vision anyway, that it would come down to this, and these games would be meaningful. Except hey, we'll be watching. We'll be ex- tuning in, brother. Except for with the Ravens and 49ers. It'll be interesting what they do. Yeah. Having the number one seeds already locked up, they're going to have a bye. They're going to have a week off. So what's the right strategy here? Do you want to get your guys some work and make sure that they don't just completely – you know, rust before you need to make that run in the playoffs? Or do you want to get them in and get them a little bit of work? I'd play the starters the first quarter, and then the last three quarters, I'd empty the bench. You're also taking a risk of injury by putting them on the field in general. Yeah. So what's the right strategy? Tell that, the offensive line, don't, that's what, touch, don't let anyone touch Lamar. That That's what these coaches in Kyle yeah. Shanahan and John Harbaugh, that's what they're going to have to work for. They pay them the big money. We have more of Out of Bounds coming up after this break. It's Hour 2. Stay tuned. One zero three seven. The Buzz is proud to bring you college football talk with Mark May every Thursday morning on Morning Mayhem. Brought to you by Edwards Food Giant, The Meat People, and by Dugan's Pub, located in the River Market. Roger Scott, I'm going to talk to you about Sigma Supply packaging products and how they think outside the box. Sigma Supply, the problem solvers. Now, they've been helping business owners for years with their waste audit analysis program. They're going to come here.